Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone determined to make more than one person healthier in this world. And I am super excited um, today. Uh, we have Ali Tamaseb on the call. Um, on this episode, uh, Ali is from DCVC, and Ali is going to go into uh, a lot of different topics, but you know, more specifically on, on healthcare finance. And um, he has a very interesting background. He's done a lot of interesting research. He's going to share some of that research. But most importantly, I won't steal his thunder. Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Great, great. Well, yeah, thanks Thanks for being on the show. Great, great to have you here. Um, Ali, tell us a little bit about your origin story. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background. Sure. So uh, I'm a founder turned uh, venture capitalist. I started a company previously, ran it for about five years, and I joined DCVC about a year ago, uh, working on different topics. Healthcare is definitely one of the main ones uh, that I've been spending time on meeting brilliant entrepreneurs. Uh, and these days you're seeing a lot of great tech people coming to health or health tech. And I'm very excited about the, the next 10 years in this space. Great, great. Well, Ali, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what has you passionate in health today? What What are you working on? But what? But tell us about a topic or two, whether it's related to healthcare finance or something else. But love to hear a little bit more about what has you passionate in the field of health today. Yeah. So, um, look, healthcare is a massive. Uh, problem and it's a massive industry in, in, in this country and a lot of countries around the world um, and specifically here in the US feel like we do have good quality care or at least in a lot of places we can provide good quality care it's not the problem of quality or at least that's not the major problem it's the problem of affordability it's a problem of access it's a problem of if everyone uh, can get this care uh, in a timely manner with, with the prices that they can they can be comfortable with and if they can pay for it. I think this this complex system of different types of payers, different types of layers uh, has created all these additional costs and additional problems in the healthcare that, that the, made, we don't have a health problem, we have a finance problem in healthcare. And I'm very excited into companies that are trying to solve uh, those kind of problems. But if whether it's affordability, it's cost transparency, it's eligibility and basically dealing with the insurance, it's health loans, health credits, health saving accounts, uh, or generally if people are starting a health insurance company or, or are helping health insurance companies or employers to be better insurers or better better self-insured employers. Uh, so these are, these are the areas I'm very excited about. I'm trying to learn more and I'm trying to help out find companies and uh, help those companies. Yeah, no, this is great and a, a really key hot topic today, uh, you know, especially as, you know, obviously healthcare spend is one of the most, you know, significant spends of any household, you know, out there and it's just climbing. Can you go, can you describe a few models that you're seeing? Maybe not so much the companies or the brands, but maybe some interesting concepts that in isolation or in combination have you really interested um, today? Yes. Yeah, of course. So uh, I guess I will start with, uh, with insurance uh, itself. So uh, we're seeing generally the number of people that's required for a self 
uh, insuring employer going down. And this is because technology is becoming cheaper and basically managing your population is becoming cheaper and more affordable. So I can see basically this just going down and down and most of the companies being able to be self-insured or kind of self-pool or self-manage. Uh, so basically more attention on, on plans uh, that are selling to the employers and they're making the work easier for the benefits manager at smaller companies and their employees. Um, the other thing is, uh, is generally the high deductible plans. And we have been going towards this uh, kind of catastrophic insurance uh, and high deductibles. And this creates this kind of gap. This creates this $10,000 gap uh, where basically we can consumerize healthcare. Everything that's, that's not too expensive, everything that's going to cost $2,000, $5,000, $4,000, we're, we're building this consumerized, consumer basically market for these kind of services. So I feel like there's a lot of uh, opportunity there for startups selling to enterprises or just going directly to, to, to consumers uh, or recreating a lot of these things from different types of primary care companies uh, to different types of companies that are taking care of their own employees. Interesting, interesting, and and you mentioned two concepts. So that yeah, I, those are really interesting. Um, two other ones, um, HSAs and credit. Um, mm-hmm. How do you think of those mechanisms and how they should be factored into into this modern world world where you know um, yeah the convergence of high deductible plans and, and self insured going down deeper. Uh, any thoughts on health savings accounts and credit um, and how this should be factored yeah. in? So we, we basically saw, and we are investors in uh, two non-healthcare credit companies uh, that are basically using data and using a lot of different factors to, to basically give a small loans to people. Now we are seeing the same thing coming into the healthcare play. So when, when somebody needs uh, $5,000 at, at, at one point to just pay for something, uh, we can see these basically health lending and health credits and health loans, uh, or we can we can basically see different types of health savings accounts that have been kind of traditionally very cumbersome, very hard to manage, very hard to get into, uh, and now with uh, with the with basic increasing uh, technology, we can we can make these things easier. I I think the ideal thing basically here would be. You know, in your lifetime, you're going to have a number of health costs. How we can basically spread it out uh, in your lifetime when you can afford it and when you can pay for that health service. Uh, you can pay some part of it up front. That will be your insurance. You can pay part of it after the fact. And those that's basically the credit and the loans. Um, how we can basically mix these two together, maybe some smart combinations of insurance and credit and some smart combinations of basically core insurance and then additional coverage areas that you buy when you actually have a problem, uh, which which is basically a bundle of services that you're buying. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that actually brings me to another point, which is, which is bundle payment. You know, we've been going towards uh, this world of uh, bundling the payments and there's been a lot of uh, push towards bundled payments, how basically enterprises and how consumers can uh, can help us get get towards the bundled payment and fee for uh, value faster. 
No, this is great. And yeah, it's an interesting phenomenon. It's almost like a societal shift with with bundle payments. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me ask you, so a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with bundle payments or the shift for fee for value. Actually, a lot are, but there's still some that that hear a lot of it in healthcare. Um, Maybe you can describe a little bit what, you know, what are bundle payments in this fee for value movement? Why does, why does it matter in healthcare today? Of course. So look, for for a very long time, uh, we or insurance companies or payers or employers have paid for for health or ha- have paid for basically diseases uh, by by basically service by service. So if it takes you four different operations to get you healthy and back on track, the payer needs to basically do four different things. And this is this is definitely misaligned incentives between the payer and the provider between the hospital and your employer on what needs to happen. And here, in some cases, the consumer may not care about what am I doing. They may go for the most expensive way or they may go for 10 different services that's going to cost their employer or their payer or insurer a lot of money. With with this basically shift towards pay for value, we are paying for getting you healthy, getting you back on track, whatever it costs. And this kind of aligns the incentives for the provider, for the hospital to think long-term, think about, okay, I'm going to have this patient, make them healthy, get them out of hospital in a week. I do not need to basically waste their time and their employer's money uh, on on a lot of different services. And this, this basically increases the need for preventative care. And if we kind of bundle them or look at basically HMOs, uh, we can see basically the increased value of preventative care or aligned incentives around uh, preventative care, which which definitely reduces the overall cost for the system and the country uh, by a large factor. Ali, thank you so much for for that explanation. Yeah, that that helps out a ton um, and, and really you know hits hits at the core of what, what's happening. So I appreciate that, um, Ali. You're you're known for extreme research, and so I'm. I'm you know, looking at one of your blog posts here that you did, uh, Land of the Super Founders, and how you spent, um, you know, probably over 300 hours gathering this data, looking at different startups, looking at trends, you see a lot of trends out there. Um, you know, on this, on these episodes, we talk about past, present and future. Um, tell us a little bit about your research that you've done either here or beyond, you know, the culmination of what you did in this Medium post. And then how, how, how do you look at some of the trends that you've been seeing and how do you think of the future when it comes to health or, you know, other areas of health? Of course. So um, this project is called Land of the Super Founders. Uh, I started this. This basically was a question for me when I when I was doing this research. I, I didn't actually intend to publish it, uh, but it was a question for me that, OK, what did billion dollar startups look like in their initial days what the founders look like what the competition looked like did they go to accelerator program does it matter if they're raising from brand name vcs how old were the founders what did they study were they relevant were they passionate about idea or was it just a financial move for them so there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of stereotypes there's a lot of preconceptions out there about all of these things that i said but if you google there's no data Mm -hmm. there's no actual data on on this uh maybe some people have gathered it not published it and there's no one single place that you can actually go and find this data so i spent about 400 hours 
on gathering this data and analyzing this data from Crunchbase and LinkedIn and interviews. And I emailed a lot of these founders, just asked them, hey, when were you starting? Uh, what were your, who were your competitors and what did you feel about them? Uh, so I did all this research and basically quant- made it into numbers, made 65 different factors into numbers uh, about the markets, about the competition, about market size, about the founding team uh, and what they look like. And uh, this became a very good research. I published it in December on uh, Medium. If you uh, search Land of the Super Founders, it should probably come up. Um, and there's a lot of interesting things that uh, we haven't seen. One, one of them, which is actually relevant to healthcare, is uh, the founders did not necessarily have directly relevant work experience. So one of the preconceptions in healthcare is generally, hey, you need to be from the healthcare world. You need to have been in the health, healthcare system before right. to be a successful entrepreneur in, in the health IT or, or generally health tech system. It's not correct. A lot of the founders of billion-dollar companies in the space did, did not have any experience in uh, in healthcare itself directly, but they had a lot of experience before. So a lot of them had more than 10 years of experience in other industries. A lot of them were second time or third time entrepreneurs. A lot of them had previously sold the company or successfully exited a company uh, at a small value at about $50 million plus. Uh, and that's what I call super founders in this article. Uh, and it, it has been a journey for them. This is their third company. Now they're getting older. Now they're thinking about health and solving problems in healthcare. Uh, so this is something interesting. We yet don't see that in biotech and pharma. We still see about 80% mm-hmm. of successful founders in those spaces are coming from the pharma background. Um, but this is this is some interesting uh, finding, basically, which is against most of the things, most of the preconceptions that I hear uh, about the healthcare industry. The other obvious thing is, you know, there there is a higher need for experience in the healthcare industry uh, compared mm-hmm. to other industries. So normally the founders uh, in this space are much more experienced, uh, even if it's in other industry, even if it's if they were in IT or SaaS or even insurance before starting a health company. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting article. What we'll, what we'll do is on the show notes we'll link to the article. Um, and, uh, Ali, I want to be sensitive to time. You're, you know, you're super busy. And so if you have to, <laughs> if we have to adjourn the episode in, in a, in a second, just let me know. But, um, any other trends that you're looking at, or as you look at the future, any other topics that you're excited about, or maybe some trends or things that you believe in health, uh, or in related fields that, you know, that you believe that haven't been proven yet. Yeah. So I, I guess what what I'm looking for is just new business models uh, and mm-hmm. new and, and just to give some background about Data Collective, uh, we are a deep tech venture capital firm start investing in highly technical companies. A lot of them using data uh, to address large problems, and hence the name Data Collective. Um, so I'm looking for basically companies that are using data and deep analytics on this data to to basically better price risk and better price health insurance and better incentivize people on their spending, whether it's a mix of consumerizing part of it and then taking care of everything that costs more than $20,000 or through basically a data-driven 
uh, companion that that makes sure these people are staying healthy uh, and basically reducing long-term costs for the system and their career. Great, great. No, Ali, this is this is great, and you know, I want to be sensitive to time and. What, I, what we'd love to do is, you know, as you do, you know, further research and, um, you know, other, um, you know, culminate that research, you know, come back on the show and, and, you know, summarize that. So, you know, we'd definitely love to have you back on, you know, yeah, we definitely appreciate what DCBC is doing and, and your work and what you're doing over there. Um, Ali, I want to be sensitive to time, but, you know, would love for our listeners to obviously engage with you if, if you're okay with that. What's the best way to connect with you if our listeners would like to connect with you? Absolutely. So uh, you can reach me, uh, Ali, at dcvc.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Ali Tamasap, uh, or you can follow me on Medium. Uh, all of these ways you can reach out. I reply to cold emails. Uh, but at DCVC, we invest in deep tech, highly technical companies, not uh, just business model innovation. Great, great. Well, Ali, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. And um, this is for anyone that's determined to make more than one person healthier in the world. So thanks for listening.